Hi there, and welcome back to I Hadn't Considered That. I am your host, Vanessa Tori. I have to say that my guest today is my favorite person in the entire world, and I can say that without hesitation because I created today's guest. Yes, today's guest is my one and only child, my daughter, Caroline. And you guys, I have to tell you, this is the most bittersweet conversation I think I've ever had. It was an amazing moment where I was cognizant the entire time that she and I were recording this, that I was recording it with my daughter, who is now a full grown adult that I'm going to be taking off to college next month. And it is hard for me to say that without completely tearing up and breaking down on you. But this conversation is beautiful for so many reasons. One is I sat in the moment having this conversation with her where I was aware at every moment that I was not just talking to my daughter. I was talking to a wholehearted adult. And when you have that realization as a parent where it's like you've been running a marathon for 18 years and it has been hard. And there have been times when you're running this marathon where you look around and you get to take in the scenery and you're not completely in pain and aware that you're running a marathon. And there are other times when it's just like, I'm going to sit down on the curb and just take a minute before I continue on with this marathon. My life has been my daughter and I against the world for quite some time. And it's been absolutely beautiful. And to have this opportunity was an absolute gift. I wanted to have this conversation this month because it is Pride Month. And my daughter is so super supportive of her mom. When I was talking to her about things that we could talk about, I asked her, how do you feel about maybe coming on the podcast and having a conversation with me about you coming out to me and what that experience was like for both of us? Because I really think it'd be a very eye-opening conversation for you and I to have. And it really is a wonderful conversation and it was beautiful and it is hilarious at the same time. You will learn that my daughter has a very special nickname for me when she wants my attention when I'm clearly not paying enough attention to her, she will call me Nessie Lynn. And it makes me giggle to no end every single time that she does it. Obviously, my name is Vanessa. My middle name is Lynn. And so I go from mom to mama to Nessie to Nessie Lynn in the span of about 10 seconds. She is an absolute delight. I love her with every bit of my being. And I'm so proud of her for not just who she is, but the strength that she has in owning it, belonging to herself and showing up in the world exactly as she knows she was meant to be. I could not be more proud of her at all. And I am delighted to get to share her with you. Before we get to the heart of the podcast, I do have a big ask from you. This is obviously something that is deeply, deeply personal to me and is very, very close to my heart. And I know that you may know people who may have a connection to this subject matter on some level, and I ask you 
to share it either publicly or just privately. If there's somebody that you think needs to hear this conversation and you just need to text it to them, to send it to them in some sort of way so that we can get this conversation out there into the world because it is something that I have fears that people need to hear that they just don't get a chance to. So anything that you can do to share that, go to the Apple podcast page. The link is in the show notes. Give it a review, not just the ratings. I love when you do that, but an actually solid written review, because the more that you do that, the more opportunity there is that these words are going to land in the ears of someone who needs to hear this conversation, because having these conversations about these subjects is critical to so many people's well-being, and I am committed to that on every single level. And so is Caroline, and I know it would mean a lot to her too. Lastly, if you have found this podcast and you are in the space that my daughter is, but you have not had the same reaction from your parents that she has had from hers, from both her dad and myself, you just go ahead and send me a message and I will be your mom too. And I will give you all of the love because you are beautiful and you are worthy. So let me introduce you to my amazing daughter. Hello, my child. Hi, Ma. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so glad that we're doing this. I know. This is exciting. I've wanted to do this for a while. I know you have. And we're doing it. So I am going to let you tell everybody about yourself. Um, hi, I'm Caroline. I'm 18. I'm Nessie Lynn's wonderful, amazing, fantastic, adorable daughter. Um, and yeah, that's, I mean, I'm, I'm gay. It's Pride Month. Happy Pride Month. Yay. I don't really have much to add about myself. That's about it. I think I hit all the bases. So... I'm going to fill in the gaps because yeah, here's what's funny is that if I tell the story, if I tell you things about my daughter, I will go on for like 8 billion years because I have like so much to share about her because obviously she's my child and I think she's the greatest thing since sliced bread. It's because I am. You are. Yeah. Very true. That's yeah. true. So she is actually about a month away from heading off to college where she is going to be playing volleyball on a volleyball scholarship. Caroline and I had a conversation when I first started the podcast about what we would talk about. And I've held off on this because I wanted to have this conversation during Pride Month. And there's so much discussion that you and I've had over the last mm -hmm. few years about you coming out, about you being gay, being a teenager, just navigating life in a way that, first of all, I've not had to navigate life and that I did not expect that you were going to have to navigate life in that way. And so I think I was very ill prepared for what life was going to be like for me as a gay mom. And you, I'm sure, were totally unprepared for what life was going to be like as a gay teenager. So let's just kind of get into that. So do you want to tell the story of yeah. Sort of the coming out. Yeah, I can tell my coming out story. For, okay, so first of all, I want to go back. I want to talk about this first. Yeah. And you get mad at me sometimes. Oh, when Lord, what is it? We, when I say this, when did you know? And was it a certain piece? Did you know for certain? Or did, when was like, did you realize, okay, maybe there's something different about me? I think 
I mean, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. So looking sure. back at it more, I was like, dang, I was really gay at six years old. Which, like, at six years old, I didn't think was, like... Like, I was a tomboy growing up. I was the more masculine kids. I played football with the guys at lunch. I wore basketball shorts to school. I had those, like, the, the plaid pants from Justice that I wore, like, Oh, I bought your clothes. Yeah. I recall. They, I wore those religiously, and I think those pants are single-handedly the reason I'm gay, but that's for another day. Um, But, no, I think it's more hindsight looking back at it. It's a lot more clear, but I think sixth grade was the big like not aha moment but when it first kind of started to set in that I remember scanning the playground on the first day of school in fifth or sixth grade and all my friends were like oh I like this kid I like this kid I like this kid and I remember scanning the playground and being like yeah sure him I guess I like Jonah which Jonah's never gonna hear this but I'm sorry if you do Jonah (laughs) sorry dude um but I remember scanning the playground and just picking whatever guy everyone else seemed to like or like the second or third option so that I knew there wouldn't be competition for him. You know, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I would go for the guys that were like cute, but like not the cutest, okay. you know, I don't know why. It's well, not like maybe I like it was like a little, maybe it was like a kindness to the fifth yeah. grade boy that was like, Oh, somebody has a crush on me, and you're like, this yep. is never gonna happen. Cameron Ramirez, <laughs> if you're out there, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but no, it was sixth grade. I remember I was walking home from school on the last day of sixth grade, and I was walking back from my best friend's house. It was like it was nighttime. It was right up to curfew, and I just remember like thinking, and I was like, maybe, perhaps, I have crushes on girls, and that's why I just randomly pick boys out of the crowd. Because in reality, I'm, like, in love with my best friend. Because that's such a big thing in LGBT culture, especially, like, with lesbians, is a lot of gay awakenings or first loves are with their best friend. Whether that best friend is straight or not, a lot of times, people tend to fall for their best friends. And Mm -hmm. it's super common. And it's happened to me multiple times. Multiple, multiple times. But I think that was the big thing. I was like, I can't tell if I want my best friend to be my best friend or to be more than that. And then I got to middle school and I met who was at the time my absolute ride or die best friend in the world. And she was so open and out there with every aspect of her individuality. And she was she was openly bisexual in seventh grade, openly bisexual, openly atheist, like all of these things I had never thought to question ever. Mm-hmm. And I, I learned so much from her. And in seventh in October of seventh grade. I came out to all of my friends at school as bi. Okay. Which I don't think I told you ever. No, I didn't think I ever told you that. Yeah. To me. I came out to like majority of my middle school as bi. And it was only me and my best friend were the only two kids that were out that were bi. And everyone's like, you guys should date, you guys should date, you guys should date. And I I knew I had the fattest crush in the world on her. And I still to this day don't know if it was reciprocated. But now we're both graduated from high school and she's straight and I'm gay, so Lord knows what happened there. Um but yeah, and then I got to my freshman year of high school and within the first, like, between the first and the third week, I had a crush on a girl and it was like an actual serious crush and it was the first time it was being reciprocated. And that's when I got my first girlfriend was in October. We started like talking, like dating uh-huh. in September, I think. And we started dating in October and... 
people were asking me like, oh, you have a girlfriend now. Like, are you still bi or are you just gay? And I remember being like, no, now that I've like actually dated a girl, which freshman year relationship dating is a loose term. Right. I, I, I barely, we're glorified best friends. I feel like honest. that about my twenties and thirties. Yeah. I was like, we were glorified <laughs> best friends at the most. And her and I talk about it all the time. It's hilarious. But, um, yeah. So people would ask me like, are you bi still or are you just gay? And I was like, you know what? I think I only like girls. I don't think like after being in a relationship, I don't think there's any room for men in my gay little heart. So yeah, no, I'm just gay. And then since then, that's how I've been asked people. And now I'm the most comfortable I've been with it. I know that you used to get so mad at me when I told you that I felt like I knew long before you did. Yeah. And which was hilarious when I feel like it should just be posted somewhere when I showed you, was it when we were cleaning out the garage when we were moving? It was like your fourth grade. Oh my God. Oh my God. Pink and brown flannel shirt. It was pink and army green. Pink and army green flannel shirt. And your hair. Was oh God, the bangs, a disaster. The bangs because I, I had think until you I cut was your like bangs, 10. and I oh. just held it up to you and I said, "Tell me you're gay without telling me you're gay." <laughs> you can look at any of my school pictures, and, and it was I mean, any. Of first them. of all, I have not seen you in a dress in ten years, and the yeah. interesting thing about that is that I remember family members and friends of family that had seen you wearing the basketball shorts and starting to dress in a less and less feminine way. Mm-hmm. And part of me feels like there is sort of this conditioning that adults um, have that either they've been conditioned to believe and that they pass on, which is to call girls that do not seem to conform to female standards. Oh, they're just tomboys. Yeah. Which kind of connotates like, you know, you're kind of boyish right now, so we're going to give it a label because we're certain you're just going to grow out of it. Yeah, and some kids do. Right, some sure. Kids, like my best friend in question yeah. that I had for 10, 11 years, yep. her and I were the two big tomboys at the school. But she was and more of a tomboy than you She were. was. Yeah, she was even more of a tomboy than I was at the time. And I think part is like, I wanted to be like her so bad mm-hmm. that that's part of why I became more of a tomboy. I'm sure of it. And now she's insanely way more feminine than I am. If anything, I've become a more masculine presenting person mm-hmm. and she's completely gone the other way. I feel like a lot of people may look at their daughters mm-hmm. who they may have some sort of deep down understanding that my child is different. Um, and I think that that is a parental intuition. Yeah. And it's the same thing with um, moms of boys who are gay that realize that there is just something different that we can feel because we are, you are my blood. You came from my body that people who don't want to believe that and want to deny that will just throw it into, this is a phase and this is going to go away because that's what they firmly believe. So when you came out, I I knew it was not a phase. I absolutely knew it was not a phase. So I want to hear what your side so the conversation story for everybody oh, listening, my coming out story with my mom i was driving home from a volleyball game in october of my freshman well year. i was driving well you, you were driving were me home. we were we were on our way home from one of my freshman year volleyball games and i don't remember how the conversation had come up but you said something along the lines of like your boyfriend someday or 
something about a boyfriend. Something you said something about me having a boyfriend. And I remember we were driving past the QT on Union Hills. And I remember it was raining. I remember it so vividly. It's mm-hmm. so bad. And I just remember turning at you and screaming like, Mom, I'm not going to have a boyfriend. I'm gay. And we both just kind of shut up for a second. And we were just like, oh, um, okay. And I remember there were a lot of questions. And you and I sat and talked in the kitchen for probably half an hour to an hour that night afterwards. And this is like some random Tuesday in October, yeah. my freshman year. Like there was nothing significant yeah. about this day. And I had sat there for a while and I had a girlfriend at the time and her and I talked about, she was already out to her parents, but I went out to mine. So her and, and I, I had already met her, but I you just had, thought she was You a had friend. met her, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, and she was a more feminine yes. person. So a lot of times parents won't question that of like, you don't look or seem or act gay. Mm. So there's no reason to question. <laughs> you don't act gay. <laughs> don't tell me I don't look and act gay. Oh, I do. Yeah. I you act gay. That's see that you're gay from a mile away. Yeah, no. Acting gay is absolutely a thing. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely. And that's not to say, like, everybody who acts the way I do means that they're gay. There no. could be straight women who act and talk and look similarly to me and be straight. And that's respect to them. It's all in your way of presenting and identifying with yourself. But I want to go back to that, but I want yes, to. Yes, sorry. The coming out thing. And I remember there were a lot of questions of similar to kind of how we're talking now of, like, how long have you known, like, how why do you think that why do I remember that was the big question that kind of stumped me it's you I remember you asking me why do you think you're gay right and I was like I don't know because Mm -hmm. women are hot what do you want me to say to that why am I gay I don't beats me it was like it's I don't don't know why I didn't choose to be gay it's not like I woke up one day and I'm just like "Mm, I'm gay today no I don't know why I'm gay I just am Right. I well, was, do you, are you hearing that people who think that this is a choice? Yeah. It's just how people and are. And if, if I could choose my sexuality, you'd think I would choose the one that makes me more oppressed. That right. opens me up to a world of hate crime right. and literal death threats from people. Would, so you think I would open myself up to that willingly? No. no. So that kind of goes into my side of it is very very much the same. And you had said before we started that you thought maybe our stories were going to be different. I think it was just, I had more, I think the fear that I felt that night is what makes me see it. Were you afraid to tell me? I wasn't scared to tell you because I knew you were going to be accepting and I knew you were going to be open. I think it's just taking that leap is scary. Mm-hmm. You and ripping think, the bandaid off. Yeah. I think just that ripping, because I have friends who never ripped a bandaid off and I know people who just like, they never had to come out. They just started bringing girls home, and that was that. Mm-hmm. And major respect for those kids, man. Yeah. Major respect. But one of the things that I know that I did, whether it was on a conscious or a subconscious level, is that when you were in middle school and when you were in your freshman year in high school, I knew that there was something different about you. And I wanted you to tell me. And I could see that maybe you were getting there, but I wanted you to tell me and I wanted it to be okay. And so I think that I poked you a little bit. It was shortly before your fall formal. And I asked the question because I wanted the answer that you gave me. Yeah. And I remember, I I believe, I think I recall that you said, you know, I'm gay, right? 
And I think to which my response was like, well, yeah. <laughs> well, that's it's funny talking to other family members too, because like Mariah, my cousin, I remember when I told her, she's like, I knew when you went shopping for your dad's wedding and you cried trying on dresses, that's when I knew. I was sobbing in her own Do you remember to that wedding? The email that I had to send to the sponsor for National Junior Honor Society. Did you did you no. even know that no. I sent this email? Oh, oh okay. God. Okay. Um, in the information that was sent to parents for the National Junior Honor Society induction, there was a dress code. Boys had to wear dress pants and girls had to wear dresses. Oh, hell no. What was the sponsor? I can't remember what her name is. We, Miss we don't call. I sent her an email and told her that under no certain circumstances was Caroline going to wear a dress. <laughs> and what did I do that morning? You wore pants and a button-down shirt like you have to every like single shirt too. Every single awards I wear the same outfit every, every, every single one. But I knew I knew in eighth grade, I'm like, this is gonna be a thing. This is gonna be a whole damn thing. That's that's what I was and I'm not having and it was one of those things where I'm just like every bit of compassion in my being said my child is not going into this box I knew that my daughter was just not one of those girls and so I did the preemptive strike and I said she's not doing this and your uh, National Junior Honor Society sponsor said understood I think that for me I remember that night you and I sitting in the driveway for a minute in the rain mm-hmm. um, I went inside and, and let you have a minute in the car yeah and so then we went inside because I needed a minute too. Yeah. And I will tell you, I did not struggle for one minute with the fact that I had a good daughter. Like there was nothing but acceptance from the minute that you said those words again, because I, I knew it was coming. Yeah. There was the letting go of every single heteronormative parenting expectation that I had to get rid of in a moment. And do you remember what I cried about? That is so stupid. And I think I'm so embarrassed about what this. Is, I don't know. That I did not think that I was ever going to have grandkids. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Because you, I'm still, you could. Was, you might not. This know. was how many years ago? I mean, this was six years ago. This was when I came out to you. This is four years ago. Before I had done. Yeah, it was four I came years out to you four years ago. Freshman it was year. before I had done a lot of work on getting rid of all of the different standards and expectations mm -hmm. that I have for myself. We were as both women. different people four years ago. The other issue and concern that I had was one that you mentioned when you said, why would you choose a life where you were open to discrimination, to hatred, to hate crimes? Mm hmm one of the first fears that I had was the world is not going to be kind to you. Yeah. And that hurts my heart as your mom. The second one, and this is horrible, but it was one of the first things. First of all, for those of you also who have not met Caroline, she's stunning. She's an absolutely beautiful You're young woman. Stunning. I just say that because she oh, looks like me. Nessie. You're adorable. Stop. You know it. Oh my God. But my fear was that she was going to get into high school, she was going to get to college, and there was going to be some stupid ass boy who was going to want to shoot his shot with <laughs> you, and that was going to get shot down and not take no for an answer. That was the fear of violence that I did not have fear that something was going to happen to you because you're gay. Yeah. That was if there was going to be violence, my fear was that it was going to happen by one of your peers that was male. 
And that was fear that was struck so deep into my heart. Yeah. And I mean, looking back, uh, I mean, you and I having this conversation now versus a year ago would be two very different conversations because obviously we had my senior year to work in there too. But looking back at high school as a whole, going into high school, I had that same fear. And that is as go- as someone going into high school already out to most of my peers. And a lot of the kids that I went to middle school with went to my rival school. A lot of them went to PV. So I didn't have to necessarily worry about too many people knowing me. But it is one of those things where you meet me and you can kind of tell right off the bat that I'm not straight. So a lot of the times when people first meet me, you can tell pretty easily. And so in high school, everyone pretty much knew right away. It wasn't really much of a secret. And my biggest fear was getting not getting bullied for it because you don't see it like movies in the 80s where kids are like bullied for being gay Mm -hmm. and they're like outcasts. That's not really that much of a thing. But the sexualization and the fetishizing—that oh, yeah. was the fetishizing was so bad. And I did have an experience with one of the kids that never took no for an answer, whether I had a girlfriend or not. This kid never once took no for an answer. He asked me out once or twice a week, every week for three or four years. I think three years because he graduated the year before me. But it was it was bad and. Where he came up to my girlfriend at the time and I, we were standing outside her geometry class freshman year. And he's like, oh, are you guys going to fall formal? And we're like, no, we're not going. Like, that's not really our vibe. And he's like, oh, well, you guys should still wear your dresses and, like, come over. Like, you guys would look gorgeous in your dresses. Not even just one of you, but both of you. And we're that's like, so creepy. what the hell, kid? He, and this is just how this kid is. Like, it wasn't even, like, weird he's trying to get off on the gays. But this kid overall is just a weird kid Mm -hmm. but i mean it was that thing of like worrying or worrying about being in the locker room before volleyball games and the whole team is changing in there and i'm like hiding on the other side of the locker room one so i don't accidentally pass a glance at someone and someone see it as me looking at them in a way i shouldn't which happens pretty fairly if somebody is not like taking their shirt off while you're in the locker room you can't you can't just ignore it you acknowledge that it happens So I'm, like, going out of my way to not even acknowledge that girls are changing. And I'm, like, staring at the ground before PE. I'm staring at the ground at these games. like, Or playing volleyball. Being gay and playing volleyball, everyone assuming I play just so I can see girls' asses in spandex. That's That was the biggest thing. I've been playing still in fifth grade. And even in fifth grade, girls were like, you only play volleyball so you can look at the other girls' butts, don't you? I was like, What? Here's what so I, I have such a huge problem with that. And I feel like the biggest problem is that that starts with adults. Yeah. So adults, if you're listening, stop sexualizing children. Mm-hmm. Because anytime mm-hmm. that anybody has a conversation about kids and whether it is all of the bullshit about the don't say gay, right? And you can't talk about that. It becomes sexualized. The number of people that I've heard say things, because again, a man will accept gayness when it's two women. Like, he'll be like, mm-hmm. oh, that's hot. But if it's two men that are gay, that's gross. And that that bothers me to no end. Or the- straight girls are the same. They love having their gay best friend and their little flamboyant feminine man. But the second it's a girl, it's, oh, I don't want her changing in the same locker room as me. I don't want her hitting on me. Right. It's the same type of thing. It is. If I am out in public and I am with a boyfriend... And I kiss him, 
nobody is going to immediately jump in their head to what it might be like behind closed doors. But if people see two gay people that are affectionate with each other and they are not accepting, that is where the mind absolutely goes and it pisses me off. Well, I remember my freshman, and a lot of this is talking about like my freshman year relationship. That Mm -hmm. was also one, my longest lasting, and two, my second longest lasting relationship was during quarantine. So there wasn't much going on. I think a lot of people have that story. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So like the biggest thing I have to go off is my freshman year relationship. And that's obviously when I was most impressionable. So that's when I have the deepest memories because things hit me harder and I was more emotional and everything. And I remember two women were attacked on a train for literally just like holding hands or something, or they kissed on a train. And a couple men like attacked them and other people jumped in and like tried to protect them and all this. But they were, they were badly hurt and like their noses were broken. One of the girls' school was bashed in. And I remember reading that while I was with my girlfriend at the time. And I remember the fear we both felt and her and I talking about, we would ride the city bus home from school to my house. And her and I would come over to my house and then her mom would come pick her up from my house after she got off work. And I remember we had to sit, like, we would sit next to each other on the bus, but we wouldn't talk to each other. We wouldn't look at each other because we didn't want to be the next ones. We didn't want to be next. And we were 14 doing that. That's awful. Your friend group and your school, particularly, I have found, um, has been very accepting. I mean, it is one of those things that when I went to high school, there was no way in hell that an openly lesbian six-foot volleyball player would have been elected student body president like that just would never have happened yeah your classmates i feel were it was just known it was just accepted that was just who you are it was your identity this is just yeah it was just a part of me and it, it came with me being me and i think the bigger thing isn't necessarily like oh this is just caroline but that's just how it is in 2022 majority of the school identifies you also own it yeah. You, one of the things that I love and adore and respect about you above anything else is that you wholeheartedly own exactly who you are. You make no apologies for it. You have never tried to diminish it. You have never tried to squish it down. You have just, my God, since you were a little, little kid, you have just, you're going to do what you're going to do and be who you are. How I want. And I, well, and I always wanted to encourage that. Yeah. I never wanted you to feel like you had to be well, something that you weren't. And I've gone on to teach that to the kids that were grades below me. And I have such a big thing of finding like sisterly almost relation. You and I were just talking about this the other day, but finding almost like sisterly relationships in people because I never had that growing up. So with people older than me, I find mentors in them so easily. And I find myself being able to be a mentor for kids younger than me so easily mm-hmm. because I, I, I just do it naturally. And so I've taken that on with kids younger than me. And it's, it, it, I mean, it gets hard sometimes to be able to stand up and just shake it off and like not let it get to you and just own it. Because there have been times where I absolutely, I have been bullied for it. I've had kids call me slurs. I've had people like on anonymous, almost Snapchat accounts under like fake names and stuff. Like, tell me to die and like tell me to kill myself and call me slurs all the time. It has happened way more than I could count on my hands. And to a point you almost get not numb from it, 
but it became almost comedic that it was just like lol it's happened again guys this is so funny you think he's gonna be original this time and they never are it's the same stuff but it's teaching the kids that are younger than me my poor sweetheart of a freshman this year Right before school started, I met her at her freshman orientation. And as a senior, being I remember you one of the senior mentors. Yeah, as being one of being the freshman mentors as a senior, I led orientation. And I remember her from volleyball camps and I remember her from freshman orientation. And she texted me a couple nights before our first day of school and said, hey, how did you know you were gay? And that's when I knew, like, I was doing something good and I was somewhere right with owning my sexuality and accepting who I am is other kids see how confident and open I am with myself and they trust that I can help them get there too. And that's when I knew I was doing something right. You've done such an amazing job and I'm incredibly proud of you for not only recognizing your strength and ability to carve your own path, but to be able to help people that don't necessarily have that, because I'm sure that you have friends. And I know that you've mentioned one or two to me that did not have the same story that you had, where they didn't have the reaction from their parents that you had. Yeah. And the accepting. And that's, I can't even imagine. I brought you into this world. Yeah. I, I, you did not ask for that. You did not ask to be made how you are. You did not ask to be six feet tall. There's nothing about you that you requested. It's not like you could fill out a form and say that would be really great if you could do all of these things for me. Yeah. So however you turn out in life, I, it's my job as your mom to accept the inherent being of who you are. Yeah. It, It doesn't necessarily mean that obviously as parents, We all understand that there are boundaries and creating boundaries as parents is a beautiful thing. So if your kid does something that is shitty, your kid does something shitty. Right. But remember that the behavior is what you may dislike, but you, I will always love you. And there have been times when you've done things. I mean, I'm pretty lucky that I have a child that probably the most assholery that you've accomplished is stealing traffic cones. (laughs) That like have lived in my house for way have. too damn long <laughs> that I had to take to a landfill the morning that we moved out of the house. I still have Shelby though. Shelby's in dad's garage. Don't want to hear about it. Don't okay. want to hear about it. I don't know what you're talking right? about. Right? So if that's like the biggest, you know, point of being disgruntled for me as a parent, I will take that. Yeah. But I just my heart goes out to the friends of yours that didn't have that. And I don't say that like, oh, I'm so great. And oh, look yeah. at me. That's not, I'm not praising myself. It is me trying to understand somebody that wouldn't love their child like I love you. Yeah. And I mean, everybody has different coming out experiences, right? And so I obviously, like you said, I have friends who haven't had the best experiences, And I have other friends who, like I said, never had to come out in the first place. They were just, it just, it's just how it was. They just started bringing girls home one day and that was that. And they never had to have a sit down talk. But it is those sit down talks that are scary. And there is that fear that I know this is going to go well, but what if it doesn't? What if I'm wrong? What if I say something wrong? And that, I mean, I've seen both sides of it. 
I, you know, I've seen the immediate, oh, I know it's okay. You're good. Cool. Thanks for sharing. But then there's also been the deep questioning and the, are you sure? And all of that. And I mean, I have, I've had great coming out experiences. I've had terrible ones. Did it get easier? Um, I think so. I think it doesn't necessarily get easier because it's become more common knowledge now where other people are doing it for me. And that is to the straight people out there. For the love of God, please stop introducing your gay friends as your gay friends. It is one of the most frustrating things in the world as a gay person. And I was talking about this with one of my other friends literally like three days ago. Him and I, he posted a TikTok on his story and I was just like, and it was something along the lines of stop introducing us as, oh, this is Caroline. She's gay. Why? Why? Why is that a necessary? You don't introduce your straight friends as this is my friend, John, who's straight. Yeah. I was like, why do you feel the need to include that? You don't know. You think you could think, you know, this person, you might not, you could be opening me up to a world of hurt mm-hmm. or I like, I'm not comfortable with that. Yeah. I want to scope out the environment for myself. Well, I, it is part of who you are, but it is not all of who you and are. It I doesn't define you. But I don't owe it to anyone for them to know that part of my identity. True story. The only people I owe that to are people I'm attracted to. Well, I screwed up with you. I will stand by it. Um, which is that you were very upset with me because I told your coach that you were gay. Oh, my coach. What coach Mark. Your college coach. Oh, yes. My college coach. And I had a very real reason for that. Yeah. Because I wanted that on the table and out there from the get-go. Because my big thing is this. I don't want to send my daughter out of state to another college yeah. where her coach was not going to be accepting of her mm-hmm. or was potentially going to discriminate against her where she was not going to have the chance that another kid was ha- would have. Because the other one's true. Once he found out that you were gay. Because eventually he was going to find out anyway. Yeah. I wanted to throw it out there immediately and see what his reaction was. And his reaction was wonderful. And that was what I needed the reassurance for. Because first and foremost, and I understand that you were so mad at me when you found out that I did that. Because you're yeah. right. It is not my story to tell. Which is why as much as your dad was so mad at me because I didn't tell him. Oh, it was Lord. not. It, your story is not my story to tell. In that moment, though, I stand by it because that was my move to keep you protected. And that's my number one. And hearing your side of it, it's understandable. And I see it and I understand why. I wish you would have told me that you were planning on doing that first. I didn't know I was going to do that. That's fair. Can I tell you what I hate the most as the mother of a lesbian? What? You are so lucky. Explain. Because your daughter, you don't have to worry about boys getting your daughter pregnant i'm like okay back up okay so seriously so first of all first of all i understand that that threat is removed but there is something that i'm sure that kicks in with a mom when some boy comes along and breaks your daughter's heart this is where i tell you i was ill prepared for what motherhood was going to be like when you hit your teenage years because i was all ready for the whole conversation if a boy broke your heart i have i have I have handbooks. Yeah. I have stacks of knowledge. Yeah. I have been through this. I've got words of wisdom. 
But man, Mom, there is nothing. When the rules break my heart. There is nothing <laughs> that prepares you for the pain that you feel when some girl breaks your daughter's heart because that is crazy well, making for a the mother. Thing, lesbian relationships, and people are starting to see it now. I don't want to invalidate straight people breakups, but lesbian relationships are worse by far. Because look at it, no, look at it from the perspective. And it's always hard for straight people to hear this and they never want to accept it until I explain it. And I like, just don't compare anybody's suffering. I, I don't not want to a compare other people's suffering, but it's hard to not acknowledge when people are like, I'm just going to turn gay. This guy is giving me agita. He's making me mad. I'm just going to turn Love gay. Love you just said agita. I know. It's my favorite. I love favorite. Like, this guy's frustrating. All men suck. I'm turning gay. No, you're not. No, you're not, baby. No, you're not. You're not turning gay. You, no. You're just frustrated. You're just frustrated. You're frustrated with Well, and I'm like, you don't want to turn gay. It's just as bad over here because mm-hmm. now usually the stereotypical thing is that women are so confusing. Women are this maze to figure out for men and men are like cold and it's, they're so hard to figure out because women are too emotional and men aren't emotional enough. Mm-hmm. Well, you put two really emotional people in a relationship together, that's going to suck. And that's where the U-Haul lesbian thing comes from mm-hmm. is women typically move faster in relationships. So when you put two women in a relationship, they're going to go twice as fast because there's mm-hmm. twice as many people trying to move faster and building those emotional connections because we build emotional connections faster, which is, like I said, where you all lesbian things come from is we move so fast because women are getting so attached to each other so fast. The dynamic is completely different. So the dynamic is completely different. And there's such a strong emotional connection and attachment that isn't often seen in straight relationships from both parties. Mm-hmm. It'll be seen in that straight relationship, but not usually from both people. And so it makes the breakups so intense because you're dealing with, and I hate to say it, the hormones and emotionalness from women. Which is two. a real thing. Which is, it is a real thing. I hate to say and blame it, it on right. that, but, but it's a real thing. Seriously. But then you're multiplying it by, t- by two. Right. So... Just kind of wrapping things up, I think that my my biggest question to you is, and I'm going to try, ooh, mm, a lot of emotion just totally came up there. Oh, um, you look like you're about to cry. I am Please about don't to cry. cry. You're going to I'm cry. about to cry. I hate seeing you cry. Very cry. big question. So I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. I've never claimed to be perfect. I know. I did <sighs> the best I could. Sorry. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I did the best I could, and I'm sure I made lots of missteps. Mm-hmm. And I want people to be able to learn from not the things that you and I are talking about that we did right. Yeah. What well, could I have done different? What what was there anything that you needed from me that I didn't give you? I think there's a couple really big things, and it's not you specifically, but it's done with a lot of people. That when I come out to, or just looking at my three parents, you, dad, Marla, my stepmom, um, that all of you have, or one of you, even just one of you have said or done. The biggest thing, I think as much as it, as much as you guys were in shock and you guys, not in shock, I mean, yeah, you are you, but as much as it is to actually hear it out loud and that rip that bandaid off of just that first, the knowing, the aha moment, that sudden shock. Don't get upset with us. 
a lot of people's go-to reactions for anything is fear. Sure. Uh, our our base emotion, everything is rooted out of fear. It's the easiest emotion to feel. It's the easiest emotion to feel. And so a lot of times, anger stems from fear and fear stems from anger. And so a lot of times when you hear that initial shock of something you weren't expecting, your body goes to either fear or anger. So parents, when your kids come out, one, don't be overly loving and like start crying. Why are you crying? You're not the gay one. I don't understand why parents cry. Like if I'm not crying, why are you crying? Don't cry when your kids come out. Oh, or do. A, if you're an emotional person, if you're an emotional person, be my guest. But that's awkward for us. It, especially if we're not crying. But if we are, that makes I cried. Sense. I cried after the Wicked Evil Nine. Yeah, you didn't cry in front of me though. No. But it's not like, oh my god, I'm so happy for you that you figured this out. Congrats, and that's yeah. why you're crying. That's like I do remember seven. that when you went to bed, you said, "I'm going to bed." I said, "Good night. Thanks for telling me you're gay." And I do remember was, that. That was, that was freaking hilarious. But it's that initial of, and most importantly, the biggest thing: don't be mad at your kids for not telling you something. It's a good point. Like I said earlier. We don't owe it to anyone to come out, even our parents. If I wanted to go the rest of my life without telling you, I could if I wanted to, because I don't owe it to you to tell you. Do you remember what I told you when you told me that you had concerns about other people finding out that you were gay or telling other people? And I remember telling you, you don't have to. Yeah. Your sexuality is nobody's business but your own. No straight person has ever had to have a conversation where they've had to sit down with their parents and say, hey, by the way, I really need you to know that I'm heterosexual. Yeah. Because everybody's sexuality is their own business, regardless of who they are, who they love, and who they're related to or friends with. Yeah. Nobody's goddamn business. Yeah. It's I, just, that's, I will die on that to me. And so parents... As much as you're going to want to hear it, and as much as you're like, I know my kid's gay, I know my kid's gay, I'm just waiting for her to tell me, I'm waiting for them to tell me, or they're going to grow up, like, when they're older and they're old enough to realize it, they, they're going to know that they're gay. As much as you want to hear it from your kid, you just want that confirmation and have that done and gone in the past, don't try to push them. So just sit back, relax, let your kids, until it becomes a genuine harm to their life or their being, let them live their life. Baby, I love you so much. I love you, Mama. Thank you so much for joining us today. New episodes launch every Monday, so I hope you'll be back. If you enjoyed this podcast, there's several ways to show your support. First, by rating the podcast and leaving a review, you help others to find great content. Second, if you're looking for further connection, consider becoming a patron of the podcast, where you'll have a fun and interesting way to connect with others and even get more information on perspectives and things you may not have considered. Lastly, please share this podcast with a friend. The number one way that podcasts reach more people is through sharing and word of mouth. I appreciate you and your beautiful open mind. See you soon.